You're listening to the Wild Youth Podcast. Of his love. Like he will part the seas for you. He will make a way. He will reach down and pull you out of the mud pit that you find yourself in because his love is ferocious. The fury of his love meets you right where you are. No matter what you came through those doors with, no matter where you find yourself right now, God promises to meet you right there. If you're on the highest day of your life or if you're on the lowest day of your life, somewhere in between, God is meeting you there right now. Are you turned to him? Is your heart turned to meet him? Because you have to choose to let him meet you where you are. Come on. Welcome to the wild. Let's get going, right? Worship team. That was awesome. The spirit is moving in here tonight. I feel God doing something, so we're in for an amazing night. If you're new, you are meeting us on our last week of Get Excited. We're in our Get Excited series. Awesome. You can go ahead and find your seat. Don't sit down, though, yet. I know. Find your seat. Okay, and then I lied. You actually can sit down tonight. (laughs) I know. I know. You can sit down for tonight. So all month long, we've been talking about getting excited, right? Celebrating God. Celebrating who he is. Celebrating what he's doing in our life. We've been talking about having fun that God actually wants us to enjoy fun. He actually made things for us so that we could enjoy them. Talked about experiencing that joy, and it's been awesome. I don't know what you guys have thought about it, but I've really loved talking about getting excited about life. But tonight, we're going to talk about the times when life really just kind of sucks. When life gets you down and then kicks you a couple times, right? Sometimes that's how it feels. You get knocked to the ground and then kicked by life. So how do we get excited in those moments? The title of my message tonight, if you're taking notes, is get excited when it doesn't make sense. When it doesn't make sense to have joy, have joy. See, the tendency in these moments where life really just sucks we tend to think that we're alone. We, we find ourselves in that pit. We find ourselves on the ground, and we think that we're all alone, that we're the only one experiencing what we're experiencing. We're the only one feeling this emotion, right? Or maybe we think, I'm the only one who has ever had this thought. So let's get this out of the way first. That is a lie. The thought that you are alone is a lie. You're not alone. You are not the only one feeling what you're feeling. You're not the only one who has ever thought whatever it is that you're thinking. Whatever it is, you are not alone. When we think that we're alone, we don't open up. When I think that I'm the only one who has ever felt this, I don't want to talk about it, right? I don't want to share about it because, well, they just won't understand. They're not going to get it. Or we have the thought of, I don't want to worry anyone. I hear that from you guys all the time. 
I don't want my mom to be worried. I don't want my dad to be worried. They're going to (laughs) worry. They're your parents. That's just the way life is. Or we just think no one's going to be able to help. And those very thoughts are what actually stop you from getting the help that you need. When you have those thoughts that no one's going to understand, no one's going to be able to help, no one gets it, that is the very thing stopping you from freedom. See, the enemy knows that if you stay quiet, if we stay quiet, he has a greater chance of holding us back and keeping us in the dark place that we're in. If we don't open up about it, we get stuck. You see, sometimes even just the act of speaking out loud what's going on is enough to help us process and move past whatever that is. We just need to bring it to the light. We need to speak it out. The other tendency in these moments is that we start to question either where God is or if he even cares. In these moments where we feel like we're stuck, we're on the ground, life is kicking us down, we say, God, where are you? Do you even see what's going on in my life? And not even that, do you care? You're supposed to be the one that loves me, right? Do you see what's going on, right? So I believe that there are three ways that God is very present in difficult times of life. So we're going to talk about three ways that we experience God. The first way, we need to know that he sees us. We need to understand that in the difficult times of life, he sees. There's something so powerful in simply knowing that we aren't being overlooked. We're not being overlooked. Psalm 56, 8 says, You have kept count of my tossings. You've put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? This is a a scripture that I go back to time and time again because it reminds me that God sees he sees the sleepless nights that you've had the silent cries alone in the bathroom when you just shut yourself in that room and you just cry alone he sees that the nights that you have screamed into your pillow because you don't know what else to do with your emotion he sees But he doesn't just see them, guys. He takes note of them. He keeps track. He is storing up all of those moments because he cares. You only take note of the things that you care about. He knows that you can't handle it all on your own, so he's taking note so that he can take that weight from you, but you have to let him. You have to give it over and you have to say, God, I can't do this on my own. So in this moment where I'm all alone or I feel all alone, I'm going to give it to you. The second way that God is present in the difficult moments of life is that he understands. Every hard time in life that you have experienced, God has understood See, God is not immune to sadness. I know that we've been talking about joy this month, right? We've been talking about celebrating and praising and being excited. And it's really hard to do that when life sucks. 
So I don't want to give you the picture that God is just all about joy. Yes, he wants to give you joy, but he sits with you in your sadness too. He understands grief. He understands what it's like to be sad. We see two specific references to this in scripture. The first one is in John 11, verses 33 through 35. It says, When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her were also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And then the shortest verse in the Bible says, Jesus wept. Jesus actually wept. See, what's happening in the scripture is that Jesus' friend died. Someone that he loved died. And so what did he do? He cried. Right? That's a normal response. He cried. But he also cried with the family who experienced that loss too. He sat alongside them while they were grieving that loss. Say, well, yeah, Jesus was human, so of course he experienced sadness, but he was also God, right? He wasn't just human. So I think it's easy for us to understand that Jesus knows sadness because he was human, but what about God, right? So let's look at the part of the Trinity that's left with us. What part is that? The Holy Spirit. Okay, you're tracking me. Ephesians 4.30 says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Did you guys know that the Holy Spirit can grieve? The Holy Spirit can experience sadness? See, this verse is specifically talking about how we can cause the Holy Spirit grief. How do we do that when we sin? When we sin, the Holy Spirit grieves that. That's a whole nother topic, right? That's a whole nother thing that we could talk about, about how we cause the Holy Spirit grief. But I just want to point out the fact that the Holy Spirit has experienced sadness. I don't know if you've ever thought about that before. We usually have this picture of the Holy Spirit of just being this thing, right? Maybe, yeah, it's something that's inside of us, but the Holy Spirit experiences emotion just like we do. See, God doesn't just see your sadness. He also understands your sadness. Have you ever had a time where you're going through something difficult and you talk to someone about it and they hear you and maybe they can even understand what you're going through, but then they don't have a solution for you? They just kind of stare at you. Have you experienced that before? Maybe you've been on the other side and you've been the one staring at the person, right? I've been there. I've been there a lot of times. You know, they might just let you talk and maybe give you a hug, but then that's it, right? As a pastor, we experience that a lot. Because we don't always have the answers, Sometimes there's things that I just don't have an answer for you. You know, people will share a struggle with me, and maybe it's just that I'm walking through a really difficult season of life with them. And I can offer guidance, I can offer some wisdom, but then I just look at the person and say, the only thing I have left to offer 
is to pray for you and to pray with you, right? Because there are just some things that we as humans can't fix. Some, some things in life we don't have a solution for. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. And um, a little precursor, next month we're talking about the Holy Spirit, so get excited for that. <laughs> ghost stories, that's what it's titled, Holy Ghost Stories. So that's why we have the Holy Spirit, right? The part of the Trinity that's referred to as the Great Comforter. He's referred to as a great comforter. But lastly, God not only sees and understands your sadness, but he answers. God has an answer to your prayer. He has an answer to the, solu- to, to the situation that you find yourself in. He has a solution. He has an answer to your hurt, your grief, your sadness. Romans 8.28 says, We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purposes, all things work together for your good. Guys, God promises to make all things work together for good. All of the things, that includes your hurt, that includes your grief, your sadness, whatever situation you might find yourself in, he's promised to make it work for your good. What does that mean? He's promised that you will have blessing on the other side of that hurt. At the end, or even in the midst of whatever you're experiencing, there will be blessing. That's a promise that God has given us. Isaiah 43, 19 says, Behold, I am doing a new thing. I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Guys, when it looks like there's no way out, God is making a way. When it looks like he's not doing anything, with our human eyes, with the only thing that we can see going on, he is making a way. He's already promised that to us. He's already promised that he's making the solution, that he's bringing hope into that situation. He promises that he's doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing. Come on. I feel like there's some of you in here that are in this rut of just living life. You found yourself in this habit, in this season of just going through the motions, just doing it because that's, that's just what you know to do. I think God's telling you that you need to break out of that and let him do the new thing in you that he wants to do. There's something new for you. If that's you, at the end, when we have altar time, I want you to come down and I want you to ask God to refresh you, to give you a fresh touch of who he is, to refresh the faith in you that you need. So tonight, before we break up into small groups, I've asked a student to share a testimony, and she has a testimony of how she's experienced grief but then how God has given her hope in the midst of her grief. So please welcome up Adeline. She's going to come share her testimony. Hi, guys. So, okay. So growing up, I never really knew what a godly life looked like and how you lived one with firm faith. 
I've always heard other people share their testimonies and thought about how powerful and inspiring they were and just wish that I had my own story to tell. But the more that I thought about it, I actually did have a testimony, and it took me a while to realize it. So this is it. I never really had a foundation of faith as a kid and never went to church. I've always wanted a relationship with God. So in sixth grade, I found Eternity Church, and it changed my life. I got a Bible my first night, and as soon as I got home, I started reading. I was so happy to finally be able to start a relationship with God. Fast forwarding three years later to November, I took a big step of faith and got baptized. After that, the next October, my dad sadly passed away. For a good month, I started yelling at God, asking why he took my dad so soon, and I even stopped reading my Bible. I later realized that God was what I needed the most. I started leaning on God, praying more, spending more time with him, and most importantly, always putting him first. God later brought me Kyle when I needed him the most. Kyle is my boyfriend, and he, like me, is Christian, is firm in his faith, and always puts God first. He has helped me a lot ever since my dad passed away, and I'm forever grateful for it. I have realized that being a part of Eternity Church has been life-changing for me. I have grown so much in my faith, I've learned how to pray, and worshiping and praising God is one of my favorite things to do. Because of God, I have found myself, my faith, and hope that I can lean on God while learning to live without my dad. Thank you. Come on, give it up for Adeline sharing that testimony. It's awesome. Wow. So for small groups tonight, it's going to look a little bit different. And we're just going to have time of prayer in our groups. As we break up, we're going to share things that are going on in our life. If you have a situation that you find yourself in, we're going to talk about those things, right? I don't know if you're like our group, but we usually don't get to prayer. <laughs> we usually have a lot of discussion, and so we don't have prayer. So tonight, that's all we're going to do. We're going to pray into the situations that are going on and pray that God brings hope into whatever situation you find yourself in. So if you are new and don't have a small group yet, please come down to the front. I will help you find a small group. But other than that, go ahead and break up. You have 20 minutes, just like normal. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, go to myeternity.com slash wild. Or you can join us in person on Wednesdays from 6.30 to 8.30. At Eternity. Yeah.